Hi, this is Jordan. You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I specialize in the gaming industry and today I am your host. Okay, so welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Christopher Lagerhorn, Patrick Lasota, Diana Donado, and Per Alec Carlson. Um, and we are here to discuss how we create high-performing teams within gaming. Um, before we delve deeper into this topic, let's work our way around the room with some small introductions. Uh, Christopher, do you want to kick us off? Of course. Hi, my name is Christopher Lagerholm. Uh, I'm born and raised with computer games and, and sports. So th- those are my two biggest passions. Um, been com- playing computer games my own on a fairly high professional level. And uh, from working uh, in the telecom business, uh, I figured that it's it's my thing to do to work with computer games. So hence I joined DICE for over nearly six years ago. And today I'm the launch director, uh, owning the global launch programs for for some of the AAA titles that the EA Studio Europe are launching. Perfect. Thank you for that. Um, how about you next, Patrick? Sure. sure. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Patrick. Uh, if you're in the Stockholm games industry, you probably know me as Fluffy, uh, if you know me. Um, that's the name I usually go by. <laughs> uh, I actually accidentally ended up in the games industry by knowing some friends who were making an indie game uh, 10 years ago. Uh, started out as a community manager and uh, worked my way through design, uh, production, and now as a uh, director of design, essentially, uh, in one of the teams we have. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Perfect. Thank you for that. Diana? So, hi, my name is Diana Donato. Uh, my background is animation special effects for films and games. I worked 10 years in the film industry and then I switched into games. Um, luckily, I was working for a studio who um, closed and then I was asked to, to do a game. So that's how I got into the game industry. Since then, uh, I worked uh, as a producer. I did a bit of everything, I will say, in the games industry. Uh, But my passion has always been animation. So, you know, I just kind of move forward. And today, I'm the animation director at Starbury Studios. Perfect. Thank you for that. And last but not least, uh, Pat, can you go next, please? Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I am uh, sort of ended up here at uh, Simway uh, six years ago. And Simway is not a traditional gaming company. We are uh, in this niche of uh, simulators, uh, making simulators for uh, different kinds of sports. Uh, and uh, I do the most is uh, actually a hunting simulator that I work the most with. Um, and I started the same way. That is the background is that I was competing in uh, biathlon, uh, shooting and uh, cross-country skiing. Uh, and the uh, same way was uh, developing a, a biathlon uh, simulator at that time. And I needed someone that uh, tried it out. And uh, well, and uh, I'm still here <laughs> after six years. Uh, and now do most with the work with the hunting. Uh, yeah. Perfect. 
thank you for that. Thank you for everybody's introductions there. Um, so now that we've got a bit of context to everyone and your backgrounds, let's move on to the topic in focus. Um, so you've all come up with a question or a statement on creating high-performing teams within gaming. So how it works is I will work around the room, asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the question. Um, so let's start with you, Patrick. Um, so can you kick us off with your question, please? All right. Now I actually don't have my question in front of me. That was poorly prepared. <laughs> but it is about, about how to build uh, trust uh, in a remote working environment. And when I say trust, I mean uh, not professional trust, but uh, as in emotional trust within your teams to trust uh, other team members not to uh, uh, to treat you well, essentially, no matter what uh, what your opinions you express. Perfect. Um, so what's your take on that then, Diana? I don't think it's an easy question because, you know, um, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, it's about talking to them like every single day and kind of being a, a, a dad to your team in a way, you know, make sure that they're doing okay, not only um, professional-wise, but also as an individual because we're going through a rough time uh, everybody gets sick. Uh, it could be COVID, it could be something else, but at least, you know, or they have, you know, weird situations uh, at home with people, you know, their close friends or whoever. So just make sure the moral is okay, uh, that they're doing okay, then other than just, you know, doing the job. Um, I think probably that will help a little bit to get the trust and to say, hmm, if I need something or they're, you know, I still can talk to Patrick, for instance, and, and come up to him and just tell him what I have. Uh, maybe if he cannot do something, sometimes listening helps, I think. Perfect, perfect. Um, what's your take on that then, Christopher? Um, I'd say what I've experienced is it's a bit tougher to get to gain that trust remotely than it is in in person but still you should really try to focus on um, kind of having a communication plan what i'm calling it communication plan even though it, it might not be but outside of work how do you make sure that your team members are getting face-to-face -face, uh, time so it could be that we actually arrange hangouts we could do like lunch together we can do fika which is a swedish thing uh, play games together, do quizzes, whatever, just to have a laugh and start to know each other a little bit better. And of course, also have one-to-ones where you can speak to each other about non-work related stuff. Um, I think these are really important things uh, as well as being trying to be as transparent as possible. So there you as a manager also needs to be kind of lead by example, but it could very well be that you also as a team member are very transparent with Hey guys, I'm going out for 40 minutes walk now. I won't be able to do, to do anything right now. And then you're showing that in the middle of the day, you're taking a, a break and that's okay. You're not hiding it from anyone. Um, so those kind of smaller things can also really support in, in that sense. And, and of course, the very easy thing to admit that you don't know something. How often isn't it that you actually, you're in a meeting and you're getting asked that, uh, is there anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about now? and everyone is just silent, even though it's probably going to be a couple of persons that doesn't really fully understand it. 
why don't you raise your hand and say, sorry, I don't really fully understand this. And that's kind of shows that you're, you can show yourself weak and that's going to build kind of a psychological safety to everyone, which actually, which builds the trust itself. Perfect. Thank you for, for that, Christopher. And uh, uh, last again, but not least, here, Peck. Uh, yeah, uh, I can totally agree on the things that you're saying, Christopher. Uh, and uh, another thing that I want to add to that is uh, uh, that, it's, uh, that you are um, committed to the co-workers that uh, you're taking responsible for for their work uh, uh, upwards and uh, in my case I work uh, a lot uh, directly to our end consumer uh, of our products uh, and always uh, uh, covering the backs uh, if something goes wrong during the process uh, no matter what is going wrong that are always uh, uh, covering their backs and uh, taking me my responsible uh, for for the team uh, that is, I think, one thing that's uh, building trust within the team that you can know that it's okay to uh, something happens sometimes that uh, everything is not going perfectly well, but uh, uh, you will not be banned for it. Uh, we're only uh, uh, trying to learn from it instead. Okay, brilliant. Um, so, Patrick, do, does that give you some kind of insight as to how other people try and, you know, build that trust and keep that trust? Uh, what are your thoughts after after those kind of answers to that question? Absolutely. I think there were some great answers in there. Um, I also strongly agree that physical, like, near contact or what, what do you want to say? Face-to-face uh, -face time, as you put it, Christopher, is uh, is the easiest way. Uh, and trying to achieve that in these remote, non non-physical times has been uh, a challenge, to say the least. But also to just hang out and play games is is a good uh, thing. Uh, we've started trying to share small stories uh, from our weekend or from our life uh, recently, which has also had uh, a lot of benefit, I think. Uh, and an addition uh, to anyone listening to as a recommendation to create spaces to uh, to have socialize essentially between your team members brilliant thank you for everyone's answer there really appreciate that um okay so diana i'll come to you next if you're ready with your question yeah so um you guys are working with your team to to uh, increase their performance and um you see that your team is not responding well to all that you're trying to do. Uh, and some of the, you, your co-mates are thinking about, you know, just leaving um, and going somewhere else. Um, how, what would you do uh, to get them back and to respond in a positive way um, of what you are trying to do? Um, what will you do in that same, you know, to continue doing that work and, and get them back and not make them leave? Okay, great question. Great question. Um, okay, so Peck, I've come to you last a couple of times now. I'm going to come to you first. If that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, this is an interesting scenario to, uh, to try to put yourself into. Uh, it's... Um, I mean, it's not easy, uh, and I think it's uh, it's quite related to uh, the things that we were talking about with uh, Patrick's questions about trust, uh, and uh, and also about uh, uh, 
listen to each other uh, to to uh, to really to hear and to uh, be able to uh, understand uh, what is creating this uh, lack of enthusiasm or will to to uh, to leave uh, the workplace uh, and really to to uh, to listen to um, what is going on. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's. Uh, maybe a key thing to, to be able to to really listen. Perfect, perfect. Uh, so Patrick, what's your take on that one? Um, yeah, I, I think um, as Pereg also put it, it's a lot about uh, listening and hearing your team members, figuring out what's wrong. Um, often it's uh, I found that the core is to understand what your coworkers want to achieve personally on a personal level. Essentially, do they want to advance? Do they want to reach a senior title? Uh, is it about uh, maximizing their potential salary? Uh, what What are their personal goals? Work-related personal goals in life, uh, and trying to align um, align your team with with that. Essentially, trying to give them tasks. If they want to be the best uh, animator at animating humans, give them something like that. If they want to be the best at quadrupeds, ensure that they are the first pick for those. Um, and even if you don't have anything specific to, to help them develop, uh, you as a manager reminding them that you are aware of their personal goals and where they want to go uh, and ensuring that they know that you are aware uh, usually helps a lot. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, uh, and uh, last but not least on this one, uh, Christopher? Sure. Um, I completely agree about how it's really important to understand what's motivating people. Uh, if you don't understand that, you won't be able to connect with them and really fully kind of get them on board. Uh, and to be able to get there as well, you need to get rid of all kind of assumptions because it's all very often easy to, to think you know why people are unhappy and so on. But you really need to invest time and work with the people that are unhappy, but also with everyone else for sure, to build the connection and really understand their situation and really understand the the background in why they are why they are where they are. It could be personal stuff, it could be professional stuff as well um, and also for you as a manager I think it's super important to 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 make sure that you're transparent with things here as well uh, that uh, transparency is a way to really gain trust and what you need here is trust uh, to, to get people back uh, uh, because if you're not transparent enough you're People do not will not feel that they are trusted uh, because you're not sharing information, etc. Um, another thing I would say is to make sure that you're having shared goals and visions. Uh, to make sure that you're bringing the group together. Uh, if people work together against a shared vision or goals and objectives, they will start to feel they belong to each other. They're achieving things together, which is gonna be kind of short-term and long-term goals, there's going to be a, a great feeling for the team to feel that, yeah, I'm contributing to this. They know that they are doing the correct things, which is kind of contributing to the short and long-term goals. They're going to feel that they are valuable. And also that is a very important thing for them to feel at the same time as, as a manager, you need to make sure that they are recognized and that you actually celebrate small as well as big wins as well. So, um, 
it's a tough situation and you really need to invest time in these scenarios really to, to get people back on track. Yeah, of course. No, really interesting. Um, so just something that I, I kind of want to ask on the back of that is um, how do you kind of, obviously it's mentioned a few times there, making people feel valued um, and you know, making sure that you're listening to their aspirations and their goals. Um, but how do you kind of do that and make them aware that you are actually taking that in instead of just kind of asking the question to, you know, make them feel like you're just listening for the sake of listening? How do you make them feel like you are taking it on board um, and that it's something that you are, you know, caring about? what do you what do you think to that patrick so in my experience the best way to uh, to ask the question is to just ask them uh, essentially go like what are your what are your personal goals where where do you want to go uh, it's the classic like management question of where do you see yourself in 5 years uh it's it's kind of ridiculous but but at the same time it's it's a very concrete question where you can just ask what do you want really um and then to to build trust in in the fact that that you do care it's about uh, making concrete steps and having check-ins and saying okay you want to improve in um in some kind of scripting let's get you a course for the scripting set aside a couple of hours of your work day uh or like your work week to make you work on it and then measure the results in three months and then see like okay we have a concrete plan we know where we're going we follow up. We ensure that every step of the way, we we actually do care and do do um, keep keep the person accountable, keep each other accountable, really for for what's uh, for the progress. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Any other thoughts on that one, uh, Peck? It's really interesting interesting to uh, to listen to you and to hear your experience from uh, from these topics. I mean, uh, you're working in uh, much bigger organizations that, that I do, and uh, so I think you have a uh, different uh, view of it, maybe. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, really interesting. Okay, Diana, um, are you happy with the answers there? Have you got anything to add to to what was answered there? If I can ask another question, that'd be great. Of course, yeah. Because <laughs> that course. led to another question. So, um, 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 admit that you, we all did, uh, we're in the situation, we all did what you guys said. Um, but we still don't have this team dynamic that we'll, we once had, like before. Uh, and then we found out along the way that this time, it's not the trust that is in, in cause, that is, is one of the team members. Uh, that is causing all the issues and all the trouble. How would you deal with that? Uh, what do you think there, Christopher? That's a tough one. Uh, I personally invest a lot of time in, in that person, understanding why that person has those characteristics and those behaviors, and also make sure that that person understands, depending on what kind of maturity or seniority level the person have, um, make sure that that person understands how how the behaviors and characteristics actually affects the rest of the team. Because we're in this together as a team, 
And if you're supposed to be a operating team that is highly functional and, and performing well, everyone needs to come together, right? And that person needs to start to understand how how he or she affects uh, the the culture of the of the team, the chemistry of the team, and how they're operating. Because they're, they, as, soon as, as soon as a person understands that we are not succeeding, oh shit, because of me, then I need to start act on it, and then it becomes even more clear if you have examples as well. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, um, Patrick. Yes, I um, I fully agree with Christopher, but also adding to that, um, I think there's sort of a taboo here that I'm going to break, where I say, don't be afraid of letting people move on uh, from your team. Uh, because if a person is acting that way, either there is something wrong, and, and by uh, what Christopher said, you can correct it and, and ensure that they understand that they're being a problem, or they're acting that way because they aren't happy and can't be happy there. And the best for both your team and for the person personally is to move on to somewhere where they can achieve their goals or find the happiness that they're not currently having in the current position, essentially. Yeah, I guess if you invest time with the person, you'll figure that out if you can actually fix it or get the people, the person back, or if it's that, that's the best possible option for sure. Brilliant. Yeah, I love hearing different perspectives, um, you know, because, yeah, I absolutely love that. So, Peck, have you got anything to add on that one? Uh, not much to add. I mean, <laughs> great answers here. Uh, but uh, I think one thing is uh, maybe in this Swedish culture that we could be a little bit afraid of being uh, straightforward and uh, and say this is not okay behavior. And uh, of course, listen, as you say, Christopher, to, to try to find out. But uh, I think it's uh, uh, something that we are maybe a little bit afraid of to be uh, straightforward uh, in communi communicating uh, when the, someone is uh, doing something that is not appropriate or is not um, good for the team spirit. So why, why do you think that is? Why, why do you think uh, there, there may be times where um, you could be afraid of communicating that if the behavior isn't appropriate. Uh, Peck, I'm coming back to you with that one, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's uh, my experience is that it's uh, uh, in, in the companies I work with in Sweden, that it's, all, it's been the problem at uh, many places uh, that the uh, bosses has been afraid of uh, doing this straight communication and uh, tell us, it's not okay to uh, say this or that on uh, our Slack channel or, or, or whatever. Uh, um, I, I'm guessing it's a cultural thing, but uh, I think it's uh, a bad thing. I think it's uh, better to be uh, quite straightforward with uh, these kind of things and uh, try to act on them uh, right when you discover that this is yeah, it's happening. Okay, Diana, have you got any any thoughts on that as to why the communication side of things could potentially break down a little thing a little bit there? Sorry. Well, I think it's also due to the fact that as as managers, um, I mean, today people post and say quite a lot of things um, in the channels in the different channels, uh, and they accuse pretty easily people of doing many different things. 
uh, harassment and all that without having any proof. And so you also, us as managers, um, we're kind of scared of that too, I think. And we kind of, you know, try to go and deal with the people like very, um, yeah, in a, in, a, in a very nice way, not to provoke anything because they have today, they also have the power to, to come up with things like that. And that could break you down and that can break a career too. So is um, there's a lot of people that take advantage of that. Uh, and I've seen that quite a lot in the video, well, in the video games industry and now with what all that goes out with Paradox, Blizzard, Ubisoft and all that. Uh, hopefully they have proof of all that, but I, I would not be surprised uh, to also hear that there are employees who use that, you know, for their own purpose and to get whatever they want. So it's like a two-way thing. And that's why, you know, I think as managers, we, we sometimes caught up in between these two things. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the person is not performing, but how would I tell him? Because if he, he says something or starts accusing us of something, it's going to be big and, you know, it's going to go out somewhere and we don't know how to act to it because uh, it could be both ways. And I've seen it. I've seen it. So that's why we're like, Ugh. I don't think sometimes you don't know how to act about it with that. And I don't think it's only cultural. I've seen it here in Sweden. I'm not Swedish, so I've seen it. But I've also seen it in other countries. Uh, and, and, and yeah, I don't think it's really cultural. I think we just, you know, with all that communication flowing everywhere, people saying whatever uh, and using that communication to their own purpose, to serve their own purpose as they want. And now everything is turning around. Before, a couple of years back, it was the manager who had the last word and would say whatever and could say straightforward the things, but not today. Today is the employee who has the last word most of the time, and, and they can easily also accuse you. I'm not saying that everybody does it, but I've seen a couple of those that would do it. Okay, really interesting. So just before we move on then, uh, Christopher, have you got any further thoughts on that one? Yeah. As you kind of you're on to, it can be really tough for people to be direct and and to be a little bit uncomfortable, right? You, we as humans take the comfortable route very often, uh, and that's when you kind of kind of try to 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 not provide bad feedback or negative feedback. But it's really uh, for for me, uh, it's really a cultural thing. Uh, to be able to 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 provide feedback uh, without knowing that you will you will be punished for it or that you will kind of spark something something bad out of it. Um, it's even now I'm a football coach for one of my son's football teams. Um, you need to set the rules very early. People need to understand what it means to be part of the team or to be part of organization, and, and we follow that. And we are still going to be all friends and and but it needs to be super clear what, what we are doing and when we're doing it and why we, we can't do certain stuff uh, to, to kind of explain the the reasoning behind it as well so yeah it, normally people have a hard time to provide feedback um, but that's a thing that can also be worked on for sure because you feedback is extremely powerful if, if you can master it in a good way Brilliant, brilliant. And um, lastly, just before we do move on to the next question, Patrick, do you have any further thoughts on that? I think if you are in a position where you as a manager are sort of afraid of the fallout, so to say, of, of a situation, uh, the best thing you can do is really go go up 
and ensure that they have your back and ensure that if there is fallout, uh, you have it on your manager's word that that this is going to work out. It's not going to fall out over you. It's going to be something that the company will back you up and handle uh, if if there's a bad fallout. Because I, I too, I see that fear as well. Uh, have seen it as well in uh, in the games industry before. Um, and yeah, it's a very real thing. We are, as humans, afraid of conflict. Uh, and uh, the the only way to to face those fears is to ensure that you you ha- you are safe or you have safety and, and backup, essentially. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you, everybody, for that. I think that's a really good discussion there. So um, let's change direction slightly then. Um, Christopher, can we have your question, please? Of course. So my question is kind of divided in, in, in two, really. How do you work in fostering a feedback-driven culture? And how do you work with transforming the feedback into actionable items that also gets prioritized and worked and worked on in your teams? Um, Diana, what, what do you think? Uh, it all depends also, I don't know, uh, on your on the culture that you want to set up with your team. Um, I know that, uh, for instance, for myself, and I can only speak for myself as a manager, I would like, I like to have a strong team in the sense that um, they, they're a cohesive team. They help each other, even they, if they have kind of different skill sets or different levels of skills, but they always, they're always a winning team because they move forward. So I think that you can set that up and, 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 and do as much as you can with your team in that sense. Uh, but then after I think it, it, those questions are kind of more personal depending on the manager. I don't think there's a manager that, you know, that's exactly the same as the other one. Um, I don't think there's priorities. Our priorities are very different from one manager to the other one. For me, it's to have a cohesive team. Uh, for others, it will be just to get things done one after the other one. For others, you know, they're very different styles of managing. So I think, I, you know, very tough questions. I think uh, those kind of questions is what defines you as a manager, you know, to be able to answer those. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And um, Peck, what, what's your take on that? Uh, well, <clears throat> our situation had the uh, same ways that we've been uh, uh, having a, Part of our team is half of our team has been uh, around since we started up in 2006, and uh, half of our team is uh, brand new <laughs> from from the last year. Uh, so, so we're sort of uh, divided with the, the old old ones <laughs> and the new ones, uh, and it's uh, I think it's uh, uh, it's working pretty good with, uh, with with the new ones to get them on and uh, having this. Uh, set this uh, feedback culture because they, they want to learn they are uh, juniors on their positions and uh, they're eager to, to to get to know better and uh, and the old ones are they're really happy to to share their experience and to, to help them along and to give this feedback in the uh, in our product meetings so that is uh, it's working pretty good uh, but it's uh, it's much harder the other way around uh, to, to have the, the old ones to, to, to have feedback and uh, uh, to give them feedback and uh, to change that into uh, to actions uh, to change uh, um, yeah change the way they work uh, that's a much uh, tougher uh, challenge uh, I would say uh, 
at least for <laughs> in our team with this uh, situation with the um, two groups, so to speak. So it's uh, I don't have a real answer, and uh, this is what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> Perfect, thank you. Um, Patrick, what, what's your take on uh, the question and then also kind of what, what Peck said as well? So I think um, there's definitely a, an easy situation where you can have the old guard against the new new freshmen uh, and trying to integrate them I think is, is critical in that situation. Uh, to me, if you want to build a and foster like a, a, a feedback culture uh, where where every feedback is accepted and uh, potentially acted upon. Uh, it's a lot about the emotional trust I've talked about earlier, the the, the big key, I think, to, to high performance teams, really, um, about fostering that, ensuring that no one is going to be um, ridiculed or uh, be given a hard time for what they what feedback they have, essentially, ensuring that that even if someone thinks their feedback is dumb, don't don't shut them down. Ensure that they get to say their piece. Bring it up. Work it out. Figure out what's why is this feedback not relevant. Keep it like civil and ensure that there's no repercussions following giving feedback. Uh, that there's no fallout from that. As to making things actionable, I found that um, <clears throat> ensuring that there's owners of everything is key to that. Someone is personally responsible for the actionable point. Um, I have had great success with uh, with meeting notes uh, or meeting minutes, as you call them usually, uh, which is essentially a, a dotted list of points. Uh, you, you assign a person at the start of the meeting to, to take down the points. You repeat it as you leave the meeting so that the person has the right notes. That person shares it with everyone in the meeting. Everyone can comment on them. If they go like, hey, I don't think that's what we agreed to. I, I thought it was this that we agreed to. And then ensuring that every one of those points has an owner that will move the point forward and ensure that it it uh, it gets action essentially. So it's a little boring and structured and and such, but it really does wonders for for moving things ahead. I think. Brilliant, brilliant. So Christopher. Um... To kind of answer your own question a little bit, what are you doing at the minute? Do you think that um, kind of answers your question? Or, um, yeah, how, how would you answer? If if I asked you that question, how would you answer that one? Uh, yeah, I could probably ramble for quite some time on that. Uh, but uh, interesting answers from all of you. Uh, and Patrick, your last thing here with the maybe unsexy stuff or writing minutes uh, and distributing actions like that, that's a key. That's what you need to do, right? You need to kind of, because feedback, feedback is such a powerful thing. Uh, but it's also a bit dangerous to, to, to use feedback, to ask for feedback, because if you ask for it, you also need to act on it, right? Because if you ask for it and you don't act on it, then people going to kind of, you won't be getting any trust really back. Because if you're going to ask again, why the hell should I be providing you with all my thoughts and my time and my efforts to pro provide you with useful data that you're not going to do anything about? Uh, so for, for me, really, High performance teams is very much about being able to have two-way communication. It's it's kind of mutual trust. It, it's about common goals. It's about clear job descriptions of what who's doing what, but also conflict handling to be able to kind of re, re, resolve conflicts early on. And in that part, 
why I brought brought this up is that feedback is such an essential piece around this. If you're able to mask the feedback in your culture, in your teams, that's going to help you so much. And to be able to get there, as you already were, were kind of touching upon, is the trust here again, is to kind of have a safe environment that you know if you have invested in, in, in your people, in, in your team members, you get to know each other well, it's going to be far more easy to kind of to provide feedback to each other. And you know that it will work out because I know this person. Um, but a key thing is also for a leader is to be positive, uh, to be, because when you're bringing negative news to someone, that's going to be far more harsh for that person to kind of to get. Uh, and you kind of need to, to spend a lot of time of, on pushing positive things uh, and supporting the team by providing these positive things uh, kind of in a steady stream. And, and there's a lot of people that really it doesn't really come natural for them to to provide feedback. So we've also kind of worked uh, ex by experience seeing that we can start to challenge people. So first of all, you need to kind of explain why is, is feedback good? How does that affect us as individuals, but also as a team and organization and the culture we are forming? Um, so we can start to to work with challenging people and say, you you have one on one next time. You should be uh, providing at least one feedback to each other, and it might be super awkward for them because they haven't been doing it very actively before. And people in in general want to feel that they have succeeded with things. They might feel that I wasn't succeeding with this this time around. So next time, until next one on one, they will gonna have in their heads and think about. Oh, that, this person did something really good here. Now I want to feedback that. And then we'll actually think about that unconsciously and, and provide that feedback next time around. And then in the long run, you want to make sure that you don't sit and wait for special occasion. And this is the special moment where I'm supposed to provide the feedback. What you really want to be after is provide feedback constantly at, at, when it happens, right? Because then it's when it's most effective. Uh, to hear that, oh, wow, you thought I did really good in this meeting. Thank you for telling me. That's going to make the whole day for that person. And it's going to be feeling you so much better as well, because studies show that if you provide something good to someone else, that's going to make yourself feel better as well. Um, so I've been trying out a few concepts over in our place. Uh, normally, you're running retrospectives. That's very common in the agile approach, approach in development, uh, that you kind of reflect back on what, what, what went well and what didn't go so well. Uh, so I introduced something that is called dynamic retrospectives. You can probably call it powerful retrospectives as well. Uh, but it actually takes away the continuous start-stop activity and it kind of being tailoring the sessions uh, with specific activities based on where you're at in the project, what's the current team chemistry uh, and so forth. And, and by that, you can start to introduce feedback activities like say one th good thing about each other, if that's needed. Uh, in that way, you can also start to foster a culture where you, where you feel it's safe here to, to be kind of, uh, providing feedback because we're also in each and every feedback session or retrospective session, we state a text. Everyone read this text, which says something along the lines like, I did my best all times with everything kind of with all this during the circumstances and all the kind of different things that I, I had in, in by that time. That means 
you can't come and say something bad about a person. If something went less good, that's probably there's probably a reason to it. And that makes kind of people flip their minds to feel like, yeah, it's completely safe to to address these things and tell you that I wasn't super happy when this happened. Um, but there's probably a reason to it. So yeah, th those are a few of my thoughts around it. No, I love that. I love that. Thank you for that. So um, last but not least, uh, it's the third time I've said that to you today, Peck, but um, can we have your question, please? <laughs> well, <clears throat> well uh, I had sort of uh, put a, a headline for, for a subject here uh, because this is what I've been uh, struggling with. Uh, growing team, uh, challenges and benefits. Um, as I mentioned to you before, we... Uh, we're a small company, uh, 12 employed. Uh, so, uh, and uh, half of us have been around for, for quite some time, and uh, half of the staff is uh, quite new on board. And this, uh, uh, this is really interesting uh, because uh, we are growing, and that's, of course, a good thing for us. Uh, but it's uh, also this uh, creating teams is really uh, what I'm into now. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, we are uh, so many new people on board, uh, we really had to get this going. Because uh, the rest of us been around, we have found our ways to to do the stuff, and, and uh, now we have to, yeah, step up from this really really small company with only six six persons, and now we're twelve, and uh, this is a, a challenging. So I'm I'm asking for for your best tips. Uh, what should should what should we do? Uh, what should I focusing on uh, in this uh, process of uh, growing? Um, Patrick? Absolutely. So <clears throat> it's a really interesting question. It's, it's close to my heart as I've, I've done that journey myself uh, from a handful of students in a basement uh, to a company of over 80 people. Uh, that's definitely something I've, I've felt the repercussions of. Um, I think uh, something you should be really wary of uh, when you're growing a team is that uh, I like to say as soon as you're more than seven people, you need an eighth to manage them. Uh, there's there's a very hard limit on how many people you can have in a team uh, contra how many people who need to manage what they do. Um, and the, the great benefits of growing your team is, of course, you have larger bandwidth. You can do more stuff. You can do more things. People can be more specialized. Um, they can be experts within very specific things if you have a large enough team. But uh, the trap I've seen uh, and myself fallen into is that you're not growing your management bandwidth as, as you're growing your team bandwidth. Uh, and that can be really dangerous, uh, especially if you're a smaller company where you're used to doing more than one thing. I'm, I'm the guy that does this thing, but I also have this hat for production and this hat for leading the team meetings. And, and it, it very quickly uh, becomes a thing where one of these start to lack and your team becomes imbalanced or, or offset. Uh, so I think my big recommendation is ensure that you're growing your management staff as you're growing your uh, your uh, regular staff to just ensure that everyone is heard. Uh, everyone has a manager they can turn to that has time for them, that has an availability where they can uh, get a hold of them without having to book a meeting uh, two weeks down the line or something. Um, that I think is, is is my tip to to growing teams, uh, really. Excellent, thank you for that, Patrick. Appreciate that, um, Diana. 
Ooh, about growing teams. So I'm in that one uh, this very moment too. I have to grow my team. Um, so uh, what I would say, uh, I, will, I definitely will follow what Patrick says because yeah, that's completely true. But in the other hand, um, in terms of growing my team, and, and, and that is something that I really like, is to have, while I'm growing my team, is also to have my, my, my um, team members participate in growing the team. Um, I think the, the person that I, I bring in on board needs to be aligned also with the team. Um, they need to know who, who's coming in, and, 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 and uh, the person also needs to know what the team is and what we're expecting of that person. Um, in my case, I found myself having very experienced animators and, and having skills that are crazy in animation, but they were not good teammates. Uh, and that can break your team also. Um, and, and, and so therefore, for me, that is one thing that I, I really put the accent on, other than, you know, having different little perks that we can do all together, um, Friday beers, um, pizzas here and there. And, uh, we set up uh, burrito Fridays where we go out and have lunch all together and just, you know, take the time to to chill out and, and talk a little bit during lunch. Uh, for our, uh, on my side, um, you know, movies are, or animation stuff is really important. So we watch cartoons, films and stuff, we give feedback and we kind of, you know, so those are little perks that doesn't really cost you that much because you you we all have like, Netflix and, and Disney Plus and whatever, and you can just put that on that computer and, you know, set it on the screen. Um, so those are little things that they really appreciate because they, they like talking about it, is their art, is their thing, and, and, and how they did this or making up or stuff like that. But other than that, it's really, um, and again, I, I'm really picky about that. The team population, I would say, is, 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 is more important than having a very, very skilled somebody who's not gonna you know work with the team um so yeah uh, i think that is the the, the little thing that i will, will tell you works really well a team that can port itself you know while you're not in there while you don't have a manager yet because you're not still yet eight or plus um it works really well really it really works and you can expect them to do quite a lot of work uh and extraordinary work uh, because they help each other, they push each other, they push each other, they move forward, they do even more than what you expect them to do. Perfect, That's perfect. Uh, no, thank you for that, Diana. And um, lastly, with the last answer of the day, um, Christopher, what, what's your take on that one? I am definitely doing a plus one on previous answers on this one. Um, culture is one big thing here uh, you're probably growing because you're doing something good uh, you have a winning recipe in place you have a culture that is working out well for you so that is really keeping these traditions that you actually have review what you're doing today it could be small stuff as well as big stuff and try to keep in mind what these are that making it so much fun and keeping your team to be a successful team uh, then keeping these kind of core things in in mind when you're hiring people. As Diana said, it's not always about finding the most skillful person for that particular job. It's finding someone that can do the job good, but also fits into the team and the culture well, because otherwise it's going to be so much more harder for you to keep 
to keep your team going in the way you want it to go. And one thing you can do with the newcomers is to kind of match them up, do a man, make a more seasoned employee to be a kind of a mentor for that other person, and then you want to kind of support them on what what's the culture, what is the unwritten rules on this company, so they get faster up to speed. Really, uh, um, then it's kind of as you grow with people, it's going to be more connections, it's going to be more dependencies between each other. So that's going to also make it a little, little bit more harder to keep these because you were six people in the company, you all know well everyone very well, most likely, then there's new six new people, find ways of uh, connecting with each other. Uh, you won't be knowing each other as well as before. Even the six previous people won't know each other as well because you need to spend time with others as well, right? So uh, this also comes with trust and kind of with, with delegation. So there's you got you need to kind of be letting go of some decisions or, or kind of some owning different areas and make sure that you empower people and, and make sure that you trust other, others to make the, the decisions and the correct choices here. Um, so I'd say also try to review at times your planning, your strategy, your operationally, how you run things, because as you grow, uh, you will be able to do different things. You will be able to have more specialized people, but you will also be having some kind of hierarchy in the company. You need to make sure that everyone always knows what to do in at different levels. You have a common vision, you have a common goal, and, and you're working against the same thing here. And, but also when, when you're actually increasing the team even more, you recognize people and reward people. Uh, that's so much easier when you're a small team compared to a bigger team. Uh, so ha have a system in place for whatever. It could be birthdays. Just send out a, a congratulations to anyone in the team and in the company recognizing them they will also feel that they are valuable they are there they are su that's super helpful to, to build a team i'd say perfect thank you everyone um so we'll leave it there and this has been the evolution exchange podcast I want to take this opportunity to thank Patrick, Christopher, Diana and Peck for providing their insights into this topic and thank you all for listening. Um, if you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at jordan.lound at evolution-nordics.com and we will see you next time.